burning desire, big ideas, bold action. Welcome to the Boldly Now Show. This is Michael Sean Conaway. And today I have the great pleasure of interviewing Lucian Tarnowski. Lucian is a, a dear friend and a fellow traveler in the world of generative futurism. Lucian has been working on how to get people to collaborate together to build better civilizations, better society, and then really, really beginning to focus on 2030 in regards to the sustainable development goals. What does it look like if we succeed in putting all of those pieces together? What is it the world looks like? And he's done some really interesting events where he's taken whole groups of people to 2030, imagined what's there and brought back news to this time about what they saw in that period of time. Uh, Lucian is the founding curator of the United Planet Game. Uh, its aim is to unleash the collective intelligence of teams to accelerate solutions for planetary thriving. Um, I am really excited by every conversation I have with Lucian because I feel that that we're both out there on the forefront of exploring what the future might look like. And every time I talk to you, I get another little piece from your corner of the world. It's mm -hmm. almost like a you know, like we're we're in this. Uh, big nighttime you know, field with flashlights. And I'm like, oh, I see something over here. It looks like this. And you're like, oh, I see something over here. It looks like that. And I feel, um, you know, just honestly, I feel enriched by every time we talk. Uh, uh, so welcome to the Boldly Now show. Uh, and, uh, and here we go. Oh, well, firstly, Michael, Sean, thank you so much for having me. Um, huge fan of Boldly Now and all of your work. Um, thank you. You know, fellow... Uh, fellow frontline trench storyteller. <laughs> um, I want to just start off by asking you, you know, you've had, you've had a kind of looking back, it seems like your, your, your career has always added up to where you are now today. When was the first time that you personally had an inkling that you wanted to do something other than just have a job or other than just, you know, kind of solve a, a small problem, that, but you really wanted to work on kind of a global and systems level? Well, you know, honestly, I um, I don't remember ever not knowing that I was here for a purpose. Mm. Um, literally, as long as I can remember, um, even as a little child, my my brothers and sisters. I had a stepbrother and a brother uh, and a um, younger sister have, and um, uh, they would tease me that. Um, my mission was to take over the world. Um, so I've always kind of thought about that. And I was born into a lot of privilege um, that I was deeply aware of because both of my parents um, in their own ways really devoted their lives to the, to the transformation of lives of others, of less fortunate. Um, my mom was, um, you know, she's born into a special world. She's the daughter of um, the the um, Lord Astor of Hever, my grandfather, who um, owned the Times newspaper, and she was born into great privilege um, at Hever Castle, where Anne Boleyn grew up. And, um, and my father, on the other hand, uh, was a prisoner of war in Poland. And so he experienced the brutality of the war, but came from you know, a long history, 28 generations of... Um, kind of, of of Polish nobility. And so he lost every he, he had a kind of was born into a world and lost everything. So both of my parents had kind of quite extreme experiences. My mum 
decided really kind of, I wouldn't say to turn her back, but to dedicate her life to, to supporting handicapped people and, um, uh, and people with Down syndrome that I grew up very much um, close to. And then my father, um, he contracted polio in the 50s and um, when he was writing the first guidebook for Bali and uh, he ended up spending his whole life in a wheelchair and uh, he, he was paralyzed from the waist down. And in the 60s, he led the largest expedition around the world, assessing the lives of handicapped people. And, um, and so he founded a, a foundation in the 60s with the protege of Gandhi called Baba Ante. And so fast forward, I was born into a world where, you know, on one hand, my father had helped create the world's largest community around disability and leprosy. And on the other hand, it was, um, it, it, you know, I, I, I was exposed to great privilege in the UK. And so I, uh, I kind of had the full spectrum. And so I sort of knew as a child that um, this world wasn't fair. I was deeply exposed to it. Um, when my family in India was, you know, um, people, you know, I watched many people die from the age of nine from, from different things. And so I was kind of very exposed to the way of the world. And so I would say I, I, I knew my mission from a very early age was to um, play, play my part in transforming it. And so I've always been that way. I, I, I never thought ever I would get as such a job, but I would be working uh, um, to, to transform this world. And um, it's, wonderful to, uh, it's wonderful to be born with a North Star, you know, and to know that that's your mission and just, just keep showing up for that, you know? And it's a privilege to be able to do that because so many people in the world um, have been deeply conditioned by the current system and haven't even given themselves permission to know that there's something else possible that it doesn't need to be this way. Yeah, and I, and I think the the thing that's such a frustrating thing for me is that it, it's actually not hard to discover and articulate your purpose. It takes time and it takes work, but it's not something that's, it's, you don't need something outside of you. You just need yourself and enough time to actually consider it. And then also you just need to be willing to do things that are a try, just give it a go. Like I'm gonna say my purpose is this and live into it for a while and then if it doesn't quite work out, rewrite it, reauthor it. It doesn't have to be a. Yeah. Doesn't have to be something perfect. In fact, most of us that do articulate purpose statements in our lives rearticulate them over and over again as they become either more clear or more nuanced or more appropriate to the times or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that the and I do I do I do have a sense also in myself. I likewise I had parents who uh, were great service. My father was a therapist. My mother was an educator. I I kind of grew up in this notion that through education and or through work with people's psychology, you could make their lives better. Um, and it was very, very, all that kind of work was, was very valued. And it was very clear to me from an early age that a, a single human being could actually just make a massive amount of difference. Um, but I think it's, it's hard for some people to see that, you know, we, we get through high school and get into college and now we, you know, we want to, we want to buy a car or we want to buy a house or we want to, you know, do any number of things that are, you know, on the normal societal track. And, and, and those take a huge amount of energy and focus to do them. And then sometimes the, the return on that investment 
uh, is not very kind, especially if it's mm -hmm. not in alignment or against the alignment of, of what our, our hearts desire, our souls desire to do in the world is. So yes, I, 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 I'm glad you're acknowledging the kind of the great fortune. Uh, and I think if you think yeah. of your inheritance, you've got this amazing inheritance to know that you could make a difference. That's that's the real gift. That's, that's that's the true inheritance. And and you know we we know this that it is a great shame that so many at the front line and really in the deep trenches of systems change, so many people uh, are, are you know doing it without pay or without you know the pay that they uh, their talents uh, are worthy of. Mm. And um, and I think these times are going to change. You know, I, I I can really see the biggest wave of capital mm. ever to transform um, a system is about to come into the regenerative movement um, because it just makes there's only really one story forward. It doesn't make sense to propagate a system that more and more people are realizing is a house of cards. And so I do think there is good news coming, you know, I think there's a lot of people, a lot of us that have been mission driven, have taken a lot of kind of financial sacrifices for that. And, um, you know, the, 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 the good times, the regenerative times, the times of abundance are coming. Yeah. Um, you know, just one interesting um, point to highlight here is that um, there's the largest wealth transfer ever is currently happening from one generation to the next where i believe it's 60 trillion dollars are transferring between now and 2052 and amazingly 70 percent of that is into the hands of women good news you know and when you look at the focus areas of those next gen inheritors they are by by an order of magnitude more focused on social and environmental uh, um, investing based on social environmental um, purpose and, and impact um, than their parents' generation. And so that's just one cohort of this, but companies are transforming, you know, governments are waking up. There's, there's, there's just a giant focus right now on let's not build this back, but let's build it better and not just a little bit better, not just tweak at the edges, but let's really look at transforming. And I think that's that's the most exciting thing that's emerging. Um, it's not happening fast enough, but it's happening. Yeah, and that's, I mean, there's two pieces there that are really interesting to me. One is this transference of, of family-held capital um, and, and how that, you know, and, and, and that family-held capital tends to have a lot of work that it does in the world, either as, as held investments or as philanthropy. Uh, and certainly there's there's a lot of opportunity as, new hands uh, touch that wealth in, in ways that it can begin to work into these worlds of systems change. One of the things you said to me really, you know, I just I have, a, I have a question behind this, but you know, like in capitalism, there's a marketplace and that's a place where people desire something and people sell something. It's really hard to desire something that's not clearly articulated as far as what its value is. I can tell you why I'd wanna buy a Tesla because they tell me all the time, the news people, the newspapers tell me all the time, I've got all kinds yeah. of reasons to buy a Tesla, but reasons to switch to uh, universal basic income for the entire world so that nobody's work is tied to their income and healthcare. Well, it sounds great, but I have no idea. I mean, just as a general yeah. population member, I don't know, I, how do I buy that? Can I buy that for somebody else? 
Well, the answer is actually yes. You, you can invest into a future that works for all the people on the planet, but it doesn't show up like capitalism today. It doesn't show up like you know, a good a product or service and a buyer. Do you, and I haven't asked you this question, maybe, or if I have, it's been a long time. Do you actually believe that we have some form of capitalism in our future? Or do you believe that 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 kind of, that value exchange based upon buying and selling and, and, and the ability to make money off the buy and the sell is actually just an outdated model? What, or, or are you somewhere in between? Oh, why? I mean, I think there's going to be phases of the transition and there's going to be um, kind of civilizational prototypes in the micro. Mm. Um, you know, that's really what we're focused on here in Ibiza. So, you know, the speed of the transition, there's going to be a lot of external factors that will be major drivers that we can't even predict, right? Well, we can kind of point to that's likely to happen, that's likely, you know, the monetary system is likely to collapse and there's nations are going to continue to fail to represent the interests of the, the planetary citizens. You know, we can we can point to those, but to what extent we're going to go to wholesale commons, you know, for example, not communism, but com reimagining the commons and creating a planetary commons where, you know, we have essentially an access economy for every aspect of our, um, of our, of our kind of basic needs, at least, and potentially even way beyond, um, you know, there will be a healthcare commons, a wellness commons, a learning commons, a wisdom commons. Uh, there's going to be, you know, drugs developed in the commons, for example, um, um, there's going to be, you know, way more, in my view, way more use of um, collective intelligence in the interests of the collective. So it's, it's, it's I, I think of what's coming as a bit of a commonwealth engine. So, um, and that's got to be prototyped in the micro, you know, I think to your point, it's hard for people to invest in what they can't see. And so a big part of what we're doing at United Planet is to say, how do you experience the future we wish to create? Mm -hmm. How do you experience it as the ancient future where we're kind of shaping people's perceptions of time itself and how what it is to experience different points on this timeline that we currently find ourselves in? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and I'd say um, we need to be asking those kind of questions. It, it, it's like if we get to a point where we say, okay, we, we don't have to take anything of the existing designs of society for granted. Mm. We can redesign every aspect. And so then the question is like, well, what works? You know, we know that there's a whole bunch of fundamentals that work, but then how do we do that in the micro? And that's where I think there's really interesting experiments to be done, like what's happening here in Ibiza, where we're saying, is it possible for us to experiment in the micro on the macro? So in the small, in an island of less than 150,000 people, you know, there's 96% of food is imported to the island. Uh, there's huge water issues. There's 80% unemployment. There's some major needs on the island. And yet it's culturally exports incredibly, you know, it. Um, two to four billion people in the world um, probably know about Ibiza's uh, story. Um, and so that mimetic awareness that's there, that, that mental story, I feel is possible to create an example in, in the local. 
And that's really the experiment that's happening here is like, can we, can, can we tell different stories in the small scale that give people the place to come and experience how a, a new system could be? Um, and so that, that's, that, that's the most exciting part about moving here. And I want to get I want to get into the details of this just a little bit. You you, you call it you know up games or United Planet games, and uh, you, you want you use use collective intelligence and you do what we talk a lot about at Boulding now about setting up prototypes where where you can try an action or an activity, get feedback and iterate, uh, and like you say, sometimes completely free of traditional models or traditional structures. Tell me a little bit about like how do you set up an up game? You know like. Yeah. How, how do you know who to invite? What is the location? Just kind of give us a little of the nuts and bolts of how this works. Yeah, so so we're really just working out. We're prototyping every three weeks on a new game, uh, a new way of bringing a different group together around a different topic. Um, and so the first thing we did is we created the topics, the map of, of what we're bringing people together around to co-envision and um, co-imagine the future we wish to have on the island. Mm -hmm. And so we, broke, we, we took the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. We said, okay, we're all about SDG 17, partnerships for the goals. Mm -hmm. That's like our focus area. And so what we then did was take the other 16 goals and we created a league for each goal. So we started with um, you know, Zero Hunger, we changed the name to, um, to, to, to Food Abundance. And then we did a game on infrastructure and then we did, did the regenerations. Uh, then we just did land stewardship. And then on Monday, we'd got a game on health and well-being. And basically each one of these leagues were bringing together 12 people in person that we're, we're finding from the kind of front lines of uh, people doing transformation on the island. So for example, for land regeneration, we brought, um, you know, Jess, who is at Land Bank here, helping um, far farmers take on, like young farmers take on uh, uh, um, abandoned land uh, and create uh, organic regenerative farming practices. And we had um, Sandra, who, who does Ibiza, uh, runs the Ibiza Preservation Foundation, who's got a plan for the next 10 years. And we do these gatherings where people like that, different stakeholders, um, come together in a, in a circle. We go through a practice of deeply connecting, kind of synchronizing our breath, our heartbeats. We, we will, we'll do all sorts of things from movement to sound to breath work, et cetera. It just, it, it differs depending on the game. And then we go into a process of Socratic dialogue, which is essentially like deep listening. And so people take it in turns and, um, you have to repeat the thing that was said by the person before. And so we create this amazing kind of group coherence that's focused on what's our shared vision for Ibiza in this particular area, land stewardship by 2030. And so, for example, we discussed, okay, we've got 4% food production on the island right now. Could we get that to 50%? Okay, and then next, what do we need to do to get Ibiza to 50% regenerative food production sourcing the island's needs by tw by 2030. So it's really in the detail right now and saying like, okay, you know, what initiatives are training farmers? What, how could we create a, a farming co-op, for example? And then we're now going on Monday to health and wellness and we're bringing doctors to healers to um, 
um, psychologist, child psychologist to a cook that's focused on food as medicine. And we, we, we're doing these groups where it's 12, uh, 12 people in each group. Um, but we're getting to a point where we're, we're just developing something called the, the United, United Planet Academy, which are people that will be facilitators of these games. And so we're finding kind of the best storytellers and facilitators and community builders that we can find here in Ibiza. There is amazing talent here. And we're saying, okay, how can we start to find all of the most amazing things happening on the island and bring that narrative together? Because if we could bring it together in a small place like Ibiza, we could maybe learn some of the patterns of how do we tell a holistic story of transformation? And so kind of that's where, that's where we're at right now. But we really see the games developing into a, a, a planetary concept. It's kind of a bit like um, Buckminster Fuller called it the new world game. The question we're asking is, how do we turn systemic transformation into a sport? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we take a systematic approach to systems change? And so this is the kind of thinking we've had with the game, which is, okay, if we start to create a program where every three weeks we've got a topic and people, teams all around the world can come and play that topic together and we can have 12 teams in each location and there could be 100 locations around the world, each playing this game of applied collective intelligence where then there's capitals going to the front line of what are the solutions that get presented by the people at the front line that are most aware of what's needed. Because what we've already what we already know is when we make investment decisions based on collective intelligence, we get way better returns. So the question we're asking is, well, could we design something that was about applying collective intelligence and then funding that collective intelligence in the interest of the commons? And that's where we're getting at with the game. But it's super early and it's prototyping. And we're kind of like learning a lot very fast just by doing these gatherings. Um, and we've done a lot online. Um, so we've kind of experimented by bringing people together from all around the world on different topics. Um, it started with Sound for Health. We brought 20, 22 sound experts from all around the world to apply their collective intelligence about the future of sound for health, which is a whole fascinating topic. Um, and so we did a lot online and now we're here in Ibiza saying what happens when we prototype this game as an in-person gathering. Like most games historically have been played as they're, they're like team player sports. And so, so we think there's something really special that happens when groups come together to, to synchronize their, their, their passions, their dharma, their dreams, their, their, their greatest hopes for the future. And if we can do that across 16 different kind of pillars of civilization, our thinking is that that will create a, a kind of a roadmap a story that could get funded using some new, really interesting investment um, tools. Like there's one conversation about creating a a bond structure where we could have an Ibiza United Planet bonds that funds the co-op and we're going to fund particular projects through that are being proposed all around the transformation of the island. So we're really kind of, you know, got the tin can with oil like going how can we tweak this current way of doing things here in the local with an eye that what we're actually trying to enable here as a group of people that are all feeling 
deeply drawn to be part of this kind of quote unquote transition team. What we're, what we're really um, looking at is how do we create a, a seed fractal of systemic transformation that can get replicated in other locations, other bioregions. And, um, and, and I think there's very little things that are more interesting than that right now. It's like, let's figure out in the, in the minute detail, you know? Yeah, I, lo I love that. Because um, it brings together two things I think are really important about the future. One is that there's this collective intelligence, which is global. We're sharing information. Uh, you know, before now, the game was to have a discovery or, a, or come to some realization about something and then hold on to it and call it intellectual property. And now I'm going to capitalize on this and I'm not going to let anybody else get a hold of it because it's our thing to make money off of. Well, if we, we kind of cast aside the notion of that, hey, we're out here to make a fortune and we say we're out here to make a world instead of a fortune, then making a world requires a different kind of investment. So first of all, collective intelligence, global. But also what you're pointing out to is, is this radical local notion as well. You're not bringing in players from outside to fix Ibiza. It's not a colonial notion. Like there's somebody that knows better about how to deal with it. No, it's people from there, people who are living there, people who are on the ground, people who are, are doing things. And there's a, a mix of this kind of global intelligence and then specific local action, local people, right Absolutely. solutions. And we really yeah. believe that, that that prototyping those many multi multitudes of solutions leads to the future because I really think that the future is wildly varied. I think we have we have so much uh, uh, homogeneous uh, culture and homogeneous uh, 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 politics and things like that that, that really don't serve us anymore because who knows if somebody in, in Holland can say something about somebody in China and how they are living their life and conducting their business. But global intelligence, globally protecting the commons, and then very specific solutions. I, I really love the work you guys are doing because it, it has both the seed factor, fractal and very, very specific locality. So that's that's amazing and to be uh, lauded. And, I, and mm -hmm. for our listeners, I just want to just like, like, here, help me do this. So you bring people around a game. So you see, see a gap in the current system, the current ways things are doing, things aren't working well. You've got 96% of the food coming to Ibiza off the island. You could grow food on the island. Why don't you grow food, you know, regenerative and regenerative agricultural ways, sustainable ways. So you've got a problem, you got a gap, and then you get people to come and just dream solutions up, really go out into the future, figure out like, what could it look like if it really worked? And then that ends, once I get to that kind of plan stage is when the quote unquote formal first part of the game ends. And now we have people in action trying to implement that as a prototype. And what you're saying is what's needed at that moment is we need to be able to put capital into those things. We need to be able to put resources right. and support to actually have them have the fertile ground for them to grow. So ideation, dreaming up, then capital, then implementation. And then I assume that once some of these things are going, you'll be harvesting that feedback and learnings from that and then evolving. All the way through. Yeah, all the way through. We we really think that um, Ibiza is, is, it's almost like the, it's a prototyping paradise. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's like a, you know, it's like an incubation lab for the future of humanity, for like how we can, how we can um, live and create, uh, or at least it's got the potential to. And that's really what we're here in inquiry um, for is like to what extent um, is Ibiza the smallest big place in the world? Mm -hmm. um, to what extent could this be a place where we invite the the the, the you know what Steve Jobs called the you know the crazy ones, yeah. the misfits, 
um, to, to come and say, if you've got solutions that you'd like to prototype, this is a space where we can prototype it together in a way that is going to give us a more kind of joined up mycelium, like collective intelligence, um, you know, a, a, a talent hub, a capital hub. Can we create those things in a location? Um, and that's, that's the inquiry, you know, we're really at the beginning of that. Um, and I'm always one to, you know, you know me, I'm always one to speak to what we're seeing in the moment, you know, because it's like, we're moving, we're moving really fast in terms of um, what we're learning and what we're all learning. Um, and I think the best culture that I see in our kind of community at large is we're not holding on to our intellectual property as you described it. You know, we really have gone from me to we. And so one of the traits here to, to see someone that's ready for the kind of transition team, um, this earth shot, you know, the, 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 these athletes of systems change is that they have, they've kind of checked their ego. It's that this is like, this is now about, it's an all hands on deck moment. It's not about my business, your business, et cetera. Um, but it's really about what can we collectively transform together because we, the clock is ticking and, you know, the, 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 you know, the system is way more fragile than most people realize, frankly, or at least in my perception. Um, but having said that, there's a crisis of hope, you know, the, the Edelman trust barometer, which is something I love, I love to quote. It's this survey that comes out every year in Davos. And it shows that four out of five people in the world uh, believe that the system we have is broken, that it's not working, that it's kind of rigged. Um, and that's, they would be right. Um, and um, um, two out of three people, the more scary stat is two out of three people believe the future is gonna be even worse than the present. That's a problem. That is a major problem that we collectively need to address um, uh, because if we don't believe that we can create a abundant future, regenerative future, it's going to be very difficult to do that. And so we actually have this like need for the storytellers to escape the asylum. You know, we, 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 um, we, we, we have the greatest story ever told to live, you know, this story of transformation. And, and I think the, um, the need right now is these really clear lighthouses. I think of Ibiza as a kind of planetary stage. You know, it already has the artists and the cultural awareness around the world that, that we can create these story locations and they're, they're going to happen all around the world. There's going to be these kind of island communities that show the way we can be and, and are actually kind of unleash themselves from the shackles of the existing system and existing mindset and conformity that we have of the current reality that we're managed by nation states that really have the interests of their electorate rather than the planet and future generations in, in their in their on their minds and so so i think this is going to be a growing trend that we're going to see these kind of pockets of innovation happen all around the world and these you know it's going to be people like um you know stephen brooks is amazing work in 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 costa rica with um you know ecovia um punta mona you've got ecoversity and and those kind of projects and you know people are steward stewarding these different kind of um experimental labs 
at all sorts of different sizes as well, is what we're seeing. Like it's at the regenerative farm, mushroom farm in outside of California, doing amazing work around the future of regenerative farming. Um, and, and, and you see these pockets of innovation that are kind of the story engines of the future. That's where we're going to source those stories from. And so the way I'm looking at it is how do you gather as many of those characters of that story as possible, where the only thing they can create is magic, because it's like when you gather those storytellers and people that have been thinking deeply about like regenerative transformation, win for all systems, when those people gather in one physical place, I've never known there to be anything other than magic happen. And so that's that's kind of like what we're looking at now with physical places, which I'd love to share um, a little bit about how we're thinking about that and Savannah House as well, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah. Tell us tell us about these uh, these lighthouses. Yeah. So we're we're in one now. We just just took on the first lighthouse here in Ibiza, and our goal is to establish a hundred lighthouses over the next year by December twenty first, twenty twenty one. And these are basically people's homes and they're hubs of transformation. They're places to where we gather to, to dream the future, to imagine the future. We gather in with dinners and salons and conversations. And we, we really kind of hive mind. I love to call it the seniors, the geniuses in the scene. And then the next concept is, is temples. And we've already identified three temples. Our goal is to get to 10 temples. And these are places where we, where we, where we commune, where we gather in, in a more sacred setting. We, we do breath work, we do um, sound, sound journeys, light technologies. It's their immersive experiences embracing technology as well. Uh, we're talking about like high-tech crystal chambers and all sorts of uh, new technologies coming in. Um, and then finally, the third concept that we're developing from a physical place is planetary embassies, United Planet embassies. And this is basically an idea that just nation states have embassies. The American embassy is in all sorts of capital cities around the world, British embassy, French embassy, etc. Why don't we have planetary embassies? You know, we're living in a planetary age. We're abusing the planetary boundaries. It's about time we have a planetary embassy that can actually like stand as a check and balance on nations for the future of the planet as well. And let's think about those institutions and how would we even think about beginning that? You know, how would we, how would we create the governance of that? How would we think about what role that organization would play, who the guyans are, you know, that the, the represented the stakeholders that are represented by the planetary embassies. And so, you know, our goal is to say, well, it makes sense to aim to have 100 planetary embassies by 2030 in the most important hubs of transformation across the planet. There could be cities, there could be bioregions, et cetera. And, and thinking like this can only, only good could come from that if we had an organization that was designed um, for the commons by the commons, that was a, a planetary scale cooperative and would be able to have planetary representation all around the world to, um, to, 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 to stand up for the rights of nature, for the rights of future generations, for the rights of indigenous, uh, uh, indigenous communities around the world, for, for the rights of the diversity of culture around the world. There's so many things that we've gone the wrong way 
you know, that, that, and so much healing that needs to happen. And so our question with physical place is really how can we think how physical structures can play their own role in this accelerating transformation? And so again, Ibiza is a place to prototype that. Incredible, Lucian. I, I want, I'm like, so for our Boldly Now listeners, I want to just everybody to take a moment and look at how much imagination is going on here. Like imagining <laughs> something, imagining a planetary embassy is, is huge. And this is the kind of freedom we need as individuals to make a big impact on the future. And look, you, you said it 10 years out. It's like, that's not such a, that, like, that sounds like a, a good amount of time. Crazy. It's great. That's not crazy. Um, you know. Every single person I have spoken to in Davos, I've been going to Davos, the World Economic Forum, for the last 10 years, everyone I spoke to said to me, now that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, it's one of those ideas that's got cultural resonance, you know, it's like, how could you disagree with um, physical infrastructure? Because it's, it's not that the UN is kind of subservient to nations is the reality. Most of our global institutions are subservient to nations from the World Bank to, you know, to the CDC to, you know, we, IMF, et cetera. We've got, we, we've got, um, we've kind of got the world upside down in a way. Um, and, and we've got to recognize that we can't look to the people at the top of the current system to design what's coming next. Because I, I love to say, when you realize that the world is a house of cards, don't look to the people at the top of the deck to pull the bottom out. <laughs> you know? So it's like, we, we really do need a, a, a complete cultural renaissance of empowerment, of being permissionaries, that our mission is to give each other permission to, to dream up a different system, to, to recognize that actually maybe our number one limit is our own imagination right now. So we need to liberate ourselves from that and be, be able to be like, you know, anything is possible when you can gather the smartest people in the world and un, uh, an unlimited amount of capital and, you know, got spirit behind you <laughs> because this is the metamorphosis that the planet's going through. It's the chrysalis and it's a natural process. It's something we can see there in nature. So when we recognize that we're actually like planetary T cells, you know, we're like the planet's immune system stepping into gear to be like, hey, it doesn't need to be this way, but it's gonna take like a lot of us, like maybe 144,000 of us, who knows which prophecy is true, but let's prototype them and let's experiment with them and let's give, you know, the future, the greatest possible chance to be the best place imaginable, you know, because that's, that's like, why do anything but shoot for the sidelines? You know, it's like, if, 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 if anything is possible now with AI and all these emerging technologies coming together to be at our service, provided we see them that way, why wouldn't we create a world that was completely in balance with nature and harmony with all life. Um, and so that's where, that's where we start with this. We really think the United Planet is about, it's about first and foremost, an identity. It's about a story. Um, it's about a story of who we are and where we are by 2030. Uh, and we start with an oath. And when we, when we introduce the games here, we start with this very simple oath uh, that goes like this. It says, we are the United Planet. I am a Gaian. 
on my honor, I commit to a thriving civilization in harmony with all life. Super simple. I'm down. And um, I'll be in. Yeah, right? Who's in? You know? yeah. Who's on the team? It's really like, easy one to raise your hand for. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's great. And I, I just, you know, like, it also just so, seems so phenomenally potent right now. You know, we've gone through this really difficult year in, in just about every metric. And, and yet, by being engaged in this conversation, I have felt more hopeful in this last year than ever before. So it's just kind of this weird incongruent feeling like, well, the world's going to, but wait a second, we're inventing this new model. So I think I'm gonna look over here to the inventing and imagining the new model world because I can't do a lot about the things that are falling apart now. I'm not a person that can, I don't have the skills to actually work on what's going on right now, but I have the skills to work on what could be happening next. And I think that's what the call for uh, United Planet is and the call to play these games to reimagine things. And then of course, as we always say at, at Boldly Now, and then take bold action. Like imagine exactly. it and take action. I don't care if you fail, you just gotta get out there and try it. You know, the entrepreneurial model as applied to global systems change is really, really important. Now, yeah, we can't be tinkering around with something where you know, half the world would be without food for a year, but we can tinker around in small local places and and try things, and 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 then and then people's hearts get involved, and we really because we all love the place we are, even if we're temporary resident. We love we tend to love the place and the people we're around. That kind of local we is so important. So um, boldly now is a, a, a willing partner, and and we also are just really excited with our programs like the Futurist and Proof, which is our newsletter, which is soon to be a, a TV series to keep covering these things, keep talking about it, go have some success solution, have have these games be played out and then we're gonna come in and we're gonna tell the stories of these people and, and help to accelerate the, the joy that I think we all feel, not just the joy that, hey, we're generating a thriving future for humanity, which is great, but the joy of being at work on things that are really, really meaningful, on making an impact on the things that that aren't so great right now, of actually being a contribution on a global level. There's something that's just undeniably wonderful about being in that mm. in that life and in that game. So uh, thank you for, uh, you know, United Planet, Up Game, the embassies, mm. all the things. We'll keep checking in with, with this podcast for sure over the over the next year and, and get updates. I can't wait to get to Ibiza myself and, and see some of this yeah. stuff in action in this next year. And, uh, you know, for all those of you that have been you know, sequestered and locked down, this is a time to dream because there's going to be a time to take action coming. So get some plans put aside, get some people. Like if this sounds interesting, you know, put up, put up your own little game to figure out some problem that's going on in your community and, and, and come up and dream some solutions. I'm sure that United Planet will be helping to support people with that uh, and being able to do this on your own. This is not a sport to be played by just a few. This is a sport to be played by anybody who has any ability to dream and take action. Um, well, thank you. Thank you, Lucian. And uh, I look forward so to seeing much. what happens next. Yeah, thank you. And I'll, I'll, I'll close with, you know, perhaps I think the <clears throat> virtue that would be most um, effective in these times is childlike faith in the future. Yeah, great. Uh, again, count me in on that one. Okay, everybody mm -hmm. out there and, and boldly now, uh, show land uh, till next time. Have a great day and invent a better future for tomorrow. The Boldly Now Show, igniting the world of burning desire, big ideas, and bold action. 
Bowling Now is an initiative of the Generative Futures Initiative, generating a thriving future for humanity. Learn more at generativefuturesinitiative.com.